Gospel Lifeline podcast. My name is Neil Grogan, and I'm here with Matthew Statler. And we are excited about a new series that we are entering in. I don't know if we're doing a series per se, but we're just going to hit some, some, uh, what do you call it? One hit wonders. A couple of them, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) some one hit wonders here. But, you know, I was thinking uh, the other day, Matt, about um, when the uh, Marine Corps said, they they told me I had to go to rehab. <laughs> right, right. Uh, guys, there was a time where I was just a drunk, and uh, that came to a head. So they sent me to rehab, right? And or I forget what the acronym they used for rehab. It's like behavioral health and addiction, something or another. But so there, there's different types of treatment that they were engaging us in, and one of them was like. EMDR and that was to deal with the like trauma stuff from war and uh, childhood. Then there was um, cognitive processing therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy. There's some exposure therapy and man, those things weren't really working for me. Right. Um, and, and I'm not recommending any of these to anybody. I'm just saying that's what they made me do. Um, so it wasn't working so that I remember my counselors like coming up with a plan right so they said we're going to try some eastern approaches with you the first thing they sent me to was what is most famously known as yoga today (laughs) and i get this little block and they lie me down on this block and this lady starts talking and she's like empty your mind um, can you feel your toes? Make your toes tense. Now release your toes. And she's like working through different body parts where you're only, you're like empty of all thought and all you're focusing is on your physical body. And uh, I remember going, this is so weird. And then I fell asleep. Right. <laughs> I woke up an hour later and missed the whole the whole point. Um, and, then, uh, and then we did Tai Chi, same thing, breathe in deep, move this way, you know, empty your mind of this, empty your mind of that, um, which I think kind of clues us in on how the world would understand meditation, right? Though I think the world would say meditation is a process of emptying your mind of thought and just feeling, right? What would you say, Matt? Yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm reminded by they used to have an app for uh, PTSD guys for veterans that you could listen to as you're falling asleep and it like walks you through that same process, like tighten this muscle, let that muscle go and then empty your mind. Don't think about anything. And um, mindfulness is kind of similar in that way. And then also, um, man, just this, the, the idea of not thinking about anything. Um, just, just, just be there and aligning your chakra to the, to the crystals of the world. Like we, you get, it gets just strange, but the VA is paying basically people to do these Eastern religious practices. And when, when the traditional Western approach doesn't work, but what's interesting is they don't want any faith, quote unquote, faith based, which means no Christian stuff um, involved. And the Bible has a history of meditation, but not meditation, yeah. not meditation <laughs> like the Eastern meditation where you empty. In fact, if you were to talk to a Jew back in the day and they and someone had told them that they needed to be open minded 
it's like why because all all your all your stuff will fall out right close the door uh you gotta you gotta think about something that is true and 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 focus in on the truth and that's what you meditate on i mean that's the subject we're so why would anyone want to meditate neil like as we talk from a biblical perspective what what is the idea behind meditation i don't got time first off look I got to get up. I got to get the kids ready. I got to get them in the car and then I got to drive to work school Then I got to go to work. And I just don't have time for silliness where I sit there and open up God's word and fill my mind with the truth. I just don't got time for that. Why would anyone want to make time for that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, lo- I love that you said to fill with the truth. Yep. Right. I, I love personally the picture cause you know, maybe it's cause I'm from Texas and I really enjoy barbecuing. Uh, but I love the idea of marinating a piece of meat, right? Everybody likes a good taste in piece of meat, except the vegans. They maybe they marinate other things. I'm not sure, but nonetheless, when vegetables. you yeah <laughs> marinate your vegetables, when you pop your piece of meat into a marinade for five seconds, five minutes even, and pull it out, throw it on the grill, get or and get going with it. Um, can you really taste the flavor? Well, no, absolutely not. But when you have that thing sitting in a bag fully submerged or in a pot submerged for, I don't know, 20 overnight, 24 hours, you know, then you throw that sucker on the grill. Boom. Now we got fajitas, right? That's or the smoking, way it's supposed to, Right. Or smoking it. Yeah. Yeah. If you, there's a certain level where if you pull the meat out of the smoke um, too early, then it, it hasn't totally infused. So the the process is where it it um, infuses into every tendon, every sinew of the piece of meat, so that every bite you can taste this thing, right? And so I think the the idea of the med- of meditation, at least biblical meditation, is the idea of being infused totally by the word and the truth that you have been meditating on deeply. So it's worthwhile for the believer because we are called in scripture to hide his word in our hearts. And how do you go to the heart? Well, you go through meditation um, that you have to think deeply about it. I think there's, and we're going to get into this in a minute, but there's, there's many, many, many different um commands or calls towards biblical meditation in the word. And there's also many, many examples we see in our uh, heroes of the faith. Neil, I want to really emphasize why we need biblical meditation. Um, We are a society that is inundated with more information, more knowledge, more um, data than any other time in history and so the information that we get on a daily basis is much more than someone even in the 18th century would have gotten and so for us it is really important that we have truth coming into our mind and uh donald whitney in his book says that he believes meditation is even more important for spiritual fruitfulness and prosperity in our day than it was in ancient Israel. Even if the total input of God's word were the same for us as those in the psalmist day, combined 
With our intake of scripture, we also experience a flash flood of information that the writer of Psalm 119 could never have imagined. And so the information that we are just getting that's swarming us all the time, we have to be able to process truth out of that. And so for us, filling our mind, marinating on good flavor is much more important than um, any other time in history. In fact, I think that's why we have so many shallow Christians today. And that's that's why meditation is important. In fact, if you want to go um, therapeutic direction with this, I don't know, I like to throw that out every once in a while, but our souls long for deep meditation on God's word. And the more you do that, the more spiritually vibrant your life becomes. You become much more useful spiritually if you are dwelling on the things of God. And because meditation always leads to application. And we see that um, in the Puritans, et cetera. So Neil, let's get going on this idea of meditation. Like what does the Bible say? Yeah, totally. Um, Well, in Joshua 1.8, um, I believe it says you caught me off guard. I was thinking we were going to go somewhere different. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> go where you want to go. Oh man. Okay. So I just wanted to point out that we are in the age that we call the information age. And like you were saying, Matt, that we are, we are totally inundated with information at every turn at every, you know, time we open our phones, you know, there's, even if it's an email or, you know, on my phone, I got this thing it's like Apple news or whatever. And it just blows it up there. And every day I look at my phone and what do I see? Well, I see more, um, daggum information that I, I know what to do with, you know? And so, um, here in the, in the text, there's a couple of examples we have, from New Testament, from Old Testament, um, I think Philippians 4.8 is our greatest picture of meditation in the New Testament. Um, yeah. It tells us, you know, whatever is Let me know, true. That. Yeah, go, you have it? Yep. Finally, brothers okay. and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any moral excellence, and if there's anything praiseworthy, dwell on these things or think on these things. And this is a think list. Um, These are the things that you are supposed to be thinking about on a regular reoccurring basis. And what's fascinating about this passage is it's mentioned in the context of worry. And what is it that we do when we worry? We meditate on the what ifs, right? (laughs) On the what could happen. And we spend all of our time trying to predict the future. And so that's what Paul is saying in prison, tied to a Roman soldier, about to get his head chopped off by Caesar, possibly. And he's like, oh, don't worry about anything, but in everything with prayer and petition, make your request known to God and then think about these things. And so that's what we fill our mind with. And I love that Paul starts with whatever is true. And so he doesn't go outward yet. He starts with truth, inward truth. What what defines true? What's the standard of which you will um, 
you know, lit, litmus test or whatever, whatever's noble and whatever's honorable and whatever is lovely, like all these morally commendable things, right? What standard will you apply them to? Where will they be rooted in? And Paul will say it starts with truth. And we know from Paul, because he tells Timothy in 2 Timothy 3, 16, that all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for, you know. And Neil, uh, this is practical. Teaching. This is the yeah. stuff we're thinking about practical things. We're not thinking about, you know, when the stars and moons align and when the, you know, yeah. This, yeah, we're not out there in some atmospheric mentality. No, we're thinking about real practical life stuff, um, yeah. everyday true uh, morally upright. These are the things and we can't, yeah. I can't, I don't think we should miss either that, you know, cause I think some people might argue against you, Matt and me, uh, when they say, well, thinking about things isn't necessarily practical. Well, in verse nine, he says to do them. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, um, don't think we're saying biblical meditation without action, right? No, biblical meditation leads to action. I think, Matt, you said earlier, it leads to application, right? Right and thinking so, leads to right living. Absolutely. It makes, makes complete sense. And so, but, you know, what, where is this rooted? Where is Paul going back to? Like, is, is this something in the whole counsel of, the God, of God? Well, in Joshua 1.8, uh, sorry it took me so long. <laughs> it says, the book of the law, this is Moses telling Joshua this, the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate it on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Neil, I love this, the context of that too. Like yeah. Joshua is about to lead the Israelites into battle. Right. If I was Joshua, I'd be like, okay, Moses, you were raised in Pharaoh's household. You know, battle tactics. How do I attack fortified cities? Um, yeah. You know, we don't have the equipment or the men. What do I do? Instead, he's like, get in the word, study the law. And that's, you know, think about the law. That's Meditate Deuteronomy, Leviticus, <laughs> yeah. you know, meditate, think about these things and fill your mind with them. Right. I'm in it. If I'm about to go into battle, I don't know if I want to be thinking about, you know, Levitical laws and rules. I want to be thinking about how I'm going to, you know, handle my sword or what tactics I need. And so right. it's always it's just fascinating to me that that is what's integral. So filling your mind when you go into your job is important instead of considering mm -hmm. all the the tax preparation you have to do or spreadsheets you got to work out or whatever it is that you do um, or just even the the contracts you have to fulfill filling your mind with god's word that's the most important thing that you can do to prepare yourself for your day um, you know, thomas, the mom. what's that you know you know thomas hooker he's a old dead guy puritan he said meditation is a serious intention of the mind whereby we come to search out the truth and settle it upon the heart and so, you know, like you're talking about the the guy going into work, right? He's settling upon the truth and it is researching it out and settling on it in his heart. And so that prepares him for that day and whatever obstacles come with whatever situation is occurring. That's uh, right. Maybe, maybe for the mom, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. Maybe for the mom, um, you know, we'll say working mom, right? She feels like, 
um, she's more she's more uh, working towards provision for her family than she is towards the nurturing nature of her family, and so um, there's some con- self maybe there's self condemnation occurring, right? But she has meditated deeply on Romans eight one, and she knows that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's and right. so she can think deeply about that in her heart and to whatever the accuser is throwing at her, Satan, she can um, know who is interceding on her behalf because she is in Christ Jesus, right? And and can commit to doing whatever she is called to do in the scriptures you know, with her family or vocationally. Yeah, and, and we want to emphasize that even in Christianity— there is a divergence in what meditation looks like. Um, if you look oh, at yeah. some of the Catholic contemplative practices, it's very mysticism. Easternized. Yeah, there's some mysticism to it. And this is the opposite of what we see in Scripture. There's a specific truth that you are examining and you are looking at how that applies to your life. And that's what um, the Puritans would say. I mean, they say, Divine meditation must be particular and applicative. Be sure always in your meditation to join application or let meditation be reduced to practice. Live out your meditation. In meditation, the mind or reason of the soul fixes itself upon something conceived of or thought upon for the better understanding thereof and for the better application of it to itself for use. So this yeah. is this is really practical, um, and I think Neil, you brought it out, hit the nail on the head with that um, illustration earlier. Is the mom right, and how right. she can apply that um, to her scenario, and the same thing could be for any of us and all of us, sure. and should be. Yeah, there's there's, you know, I think, I think one of the difficulties people have with meditation specifically so okay so if we understand meditation as uh, something that's coming from our daily reading of god's word right and then we're thinking about it we're dwelling on it as philippians 4 8 would say or um joshua 1 8 moses would say meditate on it day and night okay so i've come to god's word i've opened it up i've read three chapters from the bible well, what am I meditating on? You know, I, th- I think that becomes difficult for a lot of people and it becomes overwhelming. And so I love Whitney and his book, Spiritual Disciplines uh, for the Christian Life. He says, we read big, but we meditate small. And so maybe it's a verse or, um, and what, what Matt and I are about to carve up in a second is some different methods that we can approach when meditating. So, um, David Sexton, in his book, A Battle Plan for the Mind, uh, this, this book is all about meditation, how the Puritans did it, and uh, what, what it looks like in Scripture. It's a, it's a wonderful book, and I highly recommend it. I also recommend uh, I love Donald Whitney. He's like, he's like the, uh, the, the Superman for spiritual disciplines, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't think he would characterize himself that way but man he has discipled quite a many of us in that area of life um but they both promote some meditation methods to help you navigate that bible reading right so we we know first and foremost we need to be in god's word every day 
um, or, or consistently, right? Yeah. Um, second level is hiding it in my heart, meditating on it, thinking about it, delighting in it, you know, all of these uh, different measures, okay? And we see that throughout the Psalms referred to. Psalm 119 is all about the Word of God and how we should feel about it. Um, Psalm Neil, 1, this which is we'll really talk, simple. We'll talk about next I mean, time. As you read yeah. through a passage, if something stands out, mark it, finish reading what you're reading, and then I, I copy and paste it into a note document, and I bring mm-hmm. that with me, and I look at it throughout the week or throughout the day. Yeah. And just have I, it before usually, my face. I usually pick out like maybe three key words, like uh, Ephesians 22 through 24. I was thinking about biblical change, right? And that text kind of really focuses on that. But it says to take off the old self, the former way of life, to be renewed in the spirit of your mind, put on the new self, which is like in Christ's likeness. There's a lot more words, but the things I focused on was take off the old, be renewed in your mind, put on the new. Like that's where my mind went. What does that look like? You know, I thought about changing clothes, like take off yeah. your dirty clothes, take a shower, you know, put on the new stuff, take a shower, put on the new stuff, you know, <laughs> so, um, which, which leads us to some of the meditations, right? So one of the methods Whitney proposes is, um, to think of an illustration to, that goes with, I, I can't remember exactly how he framed it, but essentially the method is if a picture comes to your mind about the text that you've read, think about the picture. For me, it's changing your clothes and taking a shower for Ephesians 22 through 24. That helps me think through the process of biblical change towards application. So all of this is for us to be more godly, is to pursue godliness. So we meditate on scripture so that we would be more like Christ. I mean, that's the end game here. That's where we're going. That's the direction, right? That's what Jesus does, right? He says the kingdom Mm -hmm. of heaven is like and all of a sudden now we got an illustration. And what do people remember about Jesus' parables? Everybody knows the parables. Everybody knows about the prodigal son. Everybody yeah. knows about the smallest seed, the mustard seed, having faith, moving mountains, right? Everybody remembers that. In fact, people a year, like um, a year before that I have used an illustration in one of my sermons. People will come to me and say, remember that sermon you preached? And it was about an, you know, there's an illustration in it that they remember. They don't remember anything else but the illustration. And that just goes to show the power of an illustration. So let's use our sanctified imagination when it comes to these things. Uh, Not to reinterpret the point, but but to illuminate the point. To illuminate. Yeah, exactly. You want to understand what's being said. Uh, another yeah. method, meditation method, is to take each word and emphasize it differently. So it mm. would be something like, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection. You know, And you contemplate what that emphasis on that word does to that passage. And as you think through it, first off, you memorize it, right? That's how you memorize something. Um, or you rewrite the text in your own words. I like to sum up Psalms. Summarize. Yeah, yeah, I summarize. Um, formulate a principle from the text. What does it teach? Um, David Sexton uh, David Sexton encourages to affecting one's heart with the goal of personal application as a 
a Puritan meditation method, right? So, and Whitney would say it this way: What what thing do you need to do? What application do you need to make? So, how the, do I respond? The, yeah, how do I respond? So, um, if you've read God's Word and it says uh, to put to death the deeds of the body, well, what do I need to put to death? Think about that. What is putting to death something? mean it means killing it okay so i'm thinking about that i need to or, kill x yeah and you can even say something like um i will not close my bible until i know at least one thing the lord wants me to do with this verse mm-hmm. guess what that's forcing you to meditate mm-hmm. right what does god want me to do with this verse um yeah there's there's a lot, there, there's a lot that i think he has like 11 uh, methods in his book um what one of my favorites um to do personally i'm not sure if it's in his book i can't remember i'm not looking at it but uh it's to meditate on the character of god revealed in the text and so um, when i read god's word i know that god wants me to know who he is more clearly and if there is one area that satan is scheming against us in is to dilute or reinterpret or uh, deceive what we believe about God and who God is, right? So each time I come to the text, that's something I want to come out of the text with. What does this say about God and his character? And then I think about that and like how that matters in my life, you know? (laughs) So if I saw God, that God is, uh, uh, sovereign, then I can look at my life and see his providence all over it, right? And I'm meditating on that practically. Um, and that, that leads me to different conclusions about the circumstances that I'm in and different, you know, facets or seasons of my life. You can even uh, use the Philippians 4.8. Uh, what is true about this text? What is mm. honorable about this text? What is just or right about this text? What is pure about this? What is lovely? Um, and there's even guys that have written uh, like 10 helpful questions yeah. and maybe even give your, I mean, there's, man, he has like 18 in here, 17, mind mapping, coloring. Um, you know, there's just so many ways. But the goal ultimately is to get that text in your mind and you chew on it, and you really get all the nutrients from the passage. Yeah. Masticate. Um, masticate. Um, chew, like chewing cud with a, with cattle, right? We know yeah. that they just chew on it and chew on it uh, and digest it. And so that's what our fast-paced, ultra-speedy generation needs is to slow down and meditate on the truth. And here's the thing. The more you do that the easier it is for you to identify what is untrue, right? Mm. It's a lot easier. Your discernment meter has been kind of recalibrated. Your emotions have been settled in the truth and you're able to respond appropriately to things that happen around you. Your anxiety and worry um, passes away. A lot of times depression will lift. Um, There's just so much advantage to the spiritual use of meditation. Um, filling your mind with God's truth. And I, yeah. I really would encourage you to do that today. Um, yeah, don't wait. Plan out a time. Put it in your calendar, right? Be deliberate. Um, mm. Mark yeah. it somewhere. 
don't just think you're going to do it throughout the day or get to it later, but no plan specific time for you to do this. Um, Cause there is such a thing as spontaneous uh, meditation, right? And I, and I do this all the time. I drive by the mountains and I look at those mountains and I'm just awed by the beauty of those mountains. And the I heavens display the glory of God. And I praise, I praise God for that. And I say, God, what a beautiful place you have placed me in right now. I really love yeah. the beauty of, or the weather. It's like, it's cool right here in Arizona where I'm at. And so in the morning, it just feels so nice. And I can say, God, you really care for us. And so I'm spontaneous, but that's not enough. Uh, mm-hmm. What we need to do is be deliberate and, yeah. you know, and deliberately focus in on this. And this protects you against Satan's devices. Um, this is yeah. a helpful thing. Yeah, I like to think of it as meditation is the process of moving information from your head to your heart. Yeah. And so when we just read the Bible like it's a blog, it will stay as information only, like all the other crap we scroll through every day. Excuse me for saying crap. <laughs> but but uh, when we move it to our hearts in meditation, when we hide it deep, where the, where the Spirit of God indwells us, you know, man, when we get into this season or circumstance or when the heat comes, like Jeremiah 17, um, 7 says, when the yeah. heat comes to our lives, because it's coming, what text will the Spirit bring forth to minister to us, to help us to walk in righteousness, to know how to discern what is right from what is wrong, what is true from to what is a lie, and to to walk forward um, in Christ likeness. Well, Neil, that occurs when yeah. we dwell deeply about things. Philippians four um, talks about the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Yeah, uh, he's on sentry duty, right? And the word is how he he guards us. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's an armory where we can go and draw out. Uh, weapons to defeat the evils in this world. When the heat comes, like Neil said, um, what are you going to have already stored up for the time of trouble? And um, and I think that's something that's lacking in our in our culture and in our fast paced society today. Well, Neil, next week we want to actually do that with a text, right? Is that kind of yep. our plan? That's the plan. So yeah. man, tune in for that. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna carve up Psalm chapter one, kind of look at how this could uh, could work as you study a chapter of the Bible. And um, uh, Matt's done some great work on a personal level of just doing this consistently. And uh, I also just encourage. So if you want to like, what could I do today to help me meditate? Um, after you read the Word, even if it's one or two verses, okay. Here's my encouragement to you. Sit down and write a prayer that comes from that text you have considered. So when we write out our prayers, we're meditating on it, and we're then we're praying it out loud um, and in conversation with the Lord. And I think prayer is the greatest process of biblical meditation that we can do. And uh, man, you'll be amazed at the fruit the Lord bears because then you'll see. And that he is good and that he listens and that he How you works. Take, 
Yeah. And so, um, guys, we thank you for listening in. Um, I hope you're sold. I hope, <laughs> I hope yeah. you're sold on biblical meditation. Um, we would we, love to apply it uh, next next week. And, we're man, we're just super stoked just about thinking about how the Bible transforms and changes and renews. And so, man, thanks for listening to another episode of the Gospel Lifeline Podcast. Until next time.